This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. We're in Jonah chapter 2. If you get that, we want to go back to that. We finished up chapter 1. We started into chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2 is a prayer. In fact, the very first verse of chapter 2, verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And, you know, I looked at that verse over and over again and noticed three things that, uh, that happened there. First of all, Jonah prayed. We'll talk about how we should pray, when we should pray, and and uh, the nature of our prayer many times to the Lord. But he prayed, but now he, who did he pray to? He prayed unto the Lord, his God. You remember when he was on the boat and the, the sailors there, the shipmen said, you call out to your God, you pray to your God. And we didn't really see him pray there on the boat. But he told them he was a prophet of God and that he had disobeyed God. He was running from God. And of course, they telling them what they needed to do with him to calm that storm down. So he prayed. He prayed to the Lord his God. And where was he at when he prayed? Out of the fish's belly. So he was in a most terrible place that he could be in. But he prayed. And we may find ourselves in a worse spot before we pray. We may find ourselves have hit the bottom and we have nowhere to look but up. And I'm, I'm glad we do that. But today I want to stress too that we shouldn't wait till we get to the bottom to pray. We shouldn't wait for things to get in the worst condition it can be in to pray. We need to be on a praying term with the Lord all the time. Pray when things are going good so that you're not just praying to Him when things are bad. But last time that I taught, we named this particular part of it here is God is there for me. That's always a good good thing to know. No matter what we're facing, no matter what's going on, God is there for us. And we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes. And the first two things that we talked about was cry out to God even if I don't feel like it. And isn't that so true? We, we don't feel many times like we want to pray. We want to cry out to Him. Maybe it's different things that are going on. Maybe we feel like we've done something too bad. We shouldn't talk to the Lord. I, I don't know what it may be, but whatever predicament that we're in, but we may find ourselves have come to that place. But it's not about feeling how we feel when when we need to pray because God's there for us. We, we just need to get to Him. We need to get to a place where we're talking to Him, praying to Him, calling upon Him, even if I don't feel like it. <clears throat> and then after we pray, number two said, look for God's hand. Look for Him to move in that situation. You know, if I'm going to pray to God and I'm going to have faith in Him and I'm going to trust Him, then I'm, I'm not going to get up and walk away thinking, well, I prayed. You know, I know nothing's going to happen right now, but, you know, don't look at it that way. Look for God's hand to move. It could happen right away. God sometimes answers prayer right then. 
But sometimes God is working out that, that, that answer. And we'll talk about that as a step-by-step process sometimes in our life. But just continue to look for God to do that. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep trusting Him. How many times have we heard testimonies of people that said, I didn't give up. I just kept on praying and praying and praying. And sooner or later, God answered that prayer. And He answered it in His time, the right time, the perfect time. So we saw in verse 2 that he cried out by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. And notice he feels like here, he said, he heard me. Now, out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. So verse 3 says, For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. One thing I want you to remember in Jonah's situation here, even before he got into the, the belly of the whale, when he's cast over, he's, he's going down. You remember we talked about that downward spiral that Jonah's been going continuously anyway. So when we look at that verse 3 again, he's talking about the seas over top of him. He's talking about the things that are happening as he's going down, down, down. So he, he is continuing to, to get to a point where he may lose his life for good. And he realizes all of that's taking place. So we want to look at uh, a point number three as we start off today. And that point is, look to God for my hope. Look to God for my hope. After all, who else are we going to have hope in today? Do you have hope in this, in this old earth? Do you have hope in the fellow man around you to solve things? Do you have hope in our government today? Do you have hope even in our finances today? I mean, what are we depending on to get us through this life? And that's why many folks, you walk around, you see there's, there's no joy, no hope in their, in their life. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it all because they have nothing to trust into if they don't know Jesus. So here, this point says, look to God. For my hope. Now, what, what did Jonah do? Notice in verse 4. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. You see, Jonah's in a terrible place. But look at this. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. So that tells me at one time Jonah was, was trusting God. At one time Jonah was listening to God. He, and after all, he was a prophet. So he, he was depending upon God to give him the word and what to say, and what to do at one time. But we know he decided to make a decision back here to where he did not want to do what God asked him to do this time. So he's running from God. He's going in the opposite direction and he finds himself in such a terrible place that he's crying out for God. But then he also comes to this place here. He says, you know what? I need to get back to looking to God. I need to get back to where I was trusting God. So he said, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. He's struggling for his life in the water. Yet he still had hope that God would rescue him. We have to hang on to that hope. 
You see, things hit us in our life that bring us down. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, well, how am I going to get out of this mess? How in the world is, am I going to come out on the winning end on what I'm going through now? Well, we have to step back like Jonah says, and you know what? I'm trusting God. I'm just going to keep on trusting Him. It's hard to know for sure, but I certainly get the sense here that Jonah realized that he, he might very well die in this situation. I know I would. But then he has hope and the fact that what's happening to him, he's going to be in God's presence one day, one way or the other, if he dies or God rescues him. Now, let's look at a verse in Romans 15, 13. And they'll get these scriptures up on the board because we want to see what God says about hope. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, how? In believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit that's within you wants to try to help you hang on to that hope. So whenever we get to that points where we're down so low, you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to strengthen us. It's going to help us. It's going to encourage us. Maybe it uses a song or a message or another person to come by and give you a good word. Maybe you just run across and read something. Uh, you open up your Bible and see a verse in a way that you never saw it before. That Those things the Holy Spirit uses to, to bring that hope within your life. The God of hope fill you. God wants us to be full of joy and peace in our life. And we have to abound in that. So when we find ourselves in trouble, our natural tendency, I want to stress this this morning, did you know our natural tendency many times is to turn to everything and everybody else before we turn to God? Many times. Well, you know, I prayed to God before, so I, I'm just going to talk to this person about it, and I, I'm just going to try to work this thing out on my own. I'm just going to try all these other means. And so-and-so told me that if I do this, and this one said if I do that, well, what happens to opening up God's Word and say, hey, that's what God says we need to do. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to continue to pray to the Lord and trust in the Lord. So ultimately, we got to realize there's no other person, there's no other possession, alcohol, drugs, none of that's going to give you the hope that you need. It's only Christ is going to do that. Only he can provide that. Look at Psalms 71, 14. But I will hope how often? Continually. And will yet praise thee more and more. The psalmist said, you know what? Continually I'm going to trust in God. And that means praising the Lord no matter what you're going through in life. No matter what's happening, give God the praise. He's the one that can turn it around. So I want to trust in Him. I want to have that hope in Him. So Jonah finds himself at this predicament here. He says, you know what? I'm, I'm just going down, down, down. I, I've, I've just made a wrong decision way back there, and it's just gone downhill ever since. I'm going to look to the holy temple again. So 
We need to look to God for hope. Number four, let God finish the process. Let him finish it. Look at verse number five. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. You see, before I even get him in the whale, he's still going down. He said the seaweeds are just wrapping around him. He's just, he's going down, down, down. I mean, it, it's, it's not a good looking uh, deal for him. But we see here that God did not rescue Jonah, I believe, until the last moment. The last moment. You see, when I read verse five and six, I get all the way down at the bottom of six and he says, yet. So I, I, I just continued down and it looked like it was going to be the end. And yet God came through the very last moment. The seaweed wrapped around his head. He's pulling him down. And then God finally sends the fish along and swallows him. Jonah had to endure a lot of physical struggle here and his fear before God rescued him. We may endure some things in life. It just seems like one thing after another sometimes. And we will have to do that physical struggle along the way, but we're not struggling by ourselves. We're, the Lord is with us through these struggles. So we need to realize here just like Jonah had, he's got these things going on. And in verse 6, we see that Jonah, as he's going down, just we, we saw just like in chapter 1 all the way through chapter 2, his life seems to be over. And then just before he dies, I mean, I, I don't know how long Jonah could have held his breath going down there and those things going on. But just before he dies, God intervenes and brings something to rescue him. So, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't seem fair how he was rescued. <laughs> Why couldn't God have saved him an easier way? He could have done it in a, a whole lot different way. But God knew exactly what Jonah needed in that situation. And because God loved Jonah and wanted to bring him to that place of repentance. I'm not so sure if he would have rescued Jonah real in an easier way. If Jonah would have come out saying, you know what, I'll do what you want me to do, Lord. I'm not so sure he would have learned the lesson if it had been an easier way. But, but the way the Lord did it and how he did it, I, I mean, Jonah didn't, he said, man, I'd have messed up and I'm ready to get this thing turned around. I'm ready to do differently here. So he knew exactly what was needed in that situation and he loved Jonah enough to bring him back to a place where he could use him again and God disciplined as he thought best. We talked about that last time, how God disciplines the one he loves. He chastises the ones he loves. And it's always better than what we think is best. You know, 
and I mentioned just a, a thought of it a little while ago, sometimes God has a multi-step plan for you and me as he brings us to the place we need to be. He wants to work in our life, but he does it. He starts here and then moves on to here and here. And finally, we get to that place where we know we need God. We trust God now from now on completely. 1 Peter 1.6, I want to look at that verse. See what it says about, about what God can do in our life. 1 Peter chapter 1. In verse number six, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you see that? Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. It's not always needed that we have to go through a difficult time for God to, to answer a, a work in our life. But you know what? There are times when it need be. There are times when he has to carry us down that rough road, that, that hard time that we're going to endure in order to get us to the place that he wants us to be. And I believe with Jonah's situation, it had to be this way. It had to be him cast overboard. It had to be him drowning almost. It had to be in a, uh, caught up in a place that was unfit to be in. He called it hell. He cried out of hell. That's what it was like for him. So, yes, I hope I don't have to go through really, really rough times in order for God to get my attention. I hope I don't, but you know what? It can happen, and sometimes it has happened. We, we like to skip a step, say, hey, Lord, just, just tell me what you want me to do, and, I, and I'll just do it from now on. Don't, don't worry. I don't need to, to go through this down this rough road here. And God says, yeah, yes, you do. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not ready yet to say yes to me. You don't mean it from your heart. So that, that could happen in our life. And yes, while it may be more comfortable in the short run to skip these steps, it could be more painful in the long run before we learn the lesson that God's trying to teach us. And it could be in an even more painful way. Sometimes, often out of our love and compassion, we want to make the way easy. You know, maybe God's working in someone else's life and we see him struggling along and we say, hey, what can I do to make this thing easier for you? And we, we try to pull them out of what God's doing in their life, the process that he's got them in. But pray for them is the best thing because you don't know exactly how God's working. You don't know exactly what he has for that person. But you can pray for them that they'll endure what God's putting them through, that they'll come out on the other side, a victorious Christian. All these things we can do, but many times we're prone to help others avoid the consequences of their own sins. God's maybe trying to teach them. We shouldn't be in the process of trying to bail them out of what God's doing. You know, Think, take, for example, our children as they grow up. You know, even after they get married, we, we, they'll get on the phone and say, Hey, dad, you know, I got this situation going on and, and, and I really could use your help. I said, Well, sure, I, I'll, I'll help you. I'll do what I could do. Now, how did you get in this situation? Well, I, I, I 
I messed up back here and I did this back there. And, and I said, well, you know, you talk to the Lord about it? Well, yeah. Well, I hadn't seen you being in church lately and I haven't seen you, you know, you hadn't talked much about it. I know you've been busy doing a lot of other things, but you know what? We have that tendency to want to kind of bail them out all the time. But maybe God's teaching them a lesson. Maybe God's working in their life. And I'm not going to forsake my children. I'm going to do whatever I can, but I want them to be strong in the Lord. I want them to continue to trust God for things as well. So as far as Jonah here, he, he gives us some good examples to follow. But we're coming up on some examples that, that Jonah did that we don't want to do. Now, we've already seen some things like running from God and not obeying God. But there are other things that he is saying that we shouldn't be caught up in as well. And that brings us to number five there. Don't wait for problems to pray. You remember I was touching on that right at the very beginning of the lesson. Don't wait around for something that had knocked you down for you to call upon God. We, we shouldn't wait on those things to happen in our life. Now, let's look at what Jonas did in Jonah uh, verse number 7. He said, When my soul fainted within me, <laughs> I remembered the Lord. You see that? When he got to that place where he, he's, his life is, doesn't seem like it's going to be very much longer, it had fainted. When my soul fainted within me, then I remembered the Lord and my prayer came up unto thee into thine holy temple. So Jonah said, you know what? I, I definitely need to pray to God now. I, I definitely need to do that. You, you see, maybe back there on that boat, <laughs> when the shipman said, you pray to your God, wouldn't have been great if, Jonah would have fell down on his knees right there on that boat and said, Oh God, you know I've messed up, Lord. And Father, I, I really sinned against you. I mean, they could have all seen that. They would have learned something from that. Some of them, their lives changed because of that, but there was no record of him doing that on the boat. It wasn't until his life was slipping away he had no other options. Jonah finally remembered God and he prayed. I, I, you know, I'm always glad when anyone comes to church. But I hate it when I see people come that we haven't seen and who knows when, but they come into the Lord's house and, hey, man, look who's here. It's good to see them again. Yeah. Yeah, my life's a wreck and I knew I needed to get back here in church and you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really hit bottom. Well, I'm glad to hear. And I'm going to pray for them. But I hated that they waited till that. I mean, maybe if their life would have been consistent all along, then they maybe wouldn't be in the situation they are now. So Jonah hadn't prayed like he should to God when God said, go to Nineveh. He hadn't prayed then. You know, God gave him that message and Jonah didn't like it. That was, a, that was something he did not want to hear. 
And he didn't fall on his knees and say, well, God, let's talk about this thing. And, you know, you know them Ninevites. You, you know how they treat us. And, 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 you know, I want to be sure that that's exactly what you want me to do. I mean, let's, 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 let's commune together. He didn't do that then. And he didn't pray during the storm on the ship. We already said that he was asleep. <laughs> so that's why I know he didn't pray. Hey, go wake him up. So we tend to be a lot like Jonah sometimes. Far too often we tend to see prayer as the last thing instead of the first response. The last thing. Look at Luke 21 and 36. Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore and pray how often? Always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch, pray, always, always. Don't wait till the bottom hits. Don't wait till you're in the biggest mess that you don't know how in the world you're going to get out of it. But pray always. And watch for things that are happening around you. You know, if we would be, we would open our eyes, ask the Lord to open our spiritual eyes and see things that come upon us on a daily basis in this whole world, then maybe we wouldn't get ourselves into some things that we get caught up in. So we need to watch for those things. We need to pray all the time and realize that God wants to help us on a daily basis. You see, when things are going well in our life, we feel like we don't need to continue to pray. Everything's going good. Well, you know the way I look at that? Praise the Lord, everything's going good, and I want to keep it going good, and I'm going to keep on <laughs> praying to the Lord. I'm going to keep on talking to Him. So don't wait till the problems come in our life. And, and I'm, I'm as guilty as, as any of us. As I was working on the lesson this week, I was thinking about this. I was reminded about this, even in my own life. I look back over last year, and things went pretty smoothly. Things went good. I mean, the things were going okay. But I remember when I got that news about Teresa having cancer and what she was going to have to do and the things she was going to have to go through and listen to them doctors talk, them surgeons talk, tell me what they was going to happen in her life. Man, I done some praying in. I mean, I was praying constantly. And I thought about it. I should have been praying like that all the time. I should have grabbed a hold to the horns of the altar and, and said, thank you, Lord, every day. But you see, we're all guilty of that. When we get to that point where we feel like we really got to call it on, man, this is a big problem here. Don't wait until the big problem has come. It's not just when you have the major problems. It's all the time that we need to be praying. Then look at number six. Don't compare. Don't compare. Now, what did Jonah do? Well, we saw in verse 7 that he waited till his soul was fainted. But isn't it, isn't it funny how he now he is thinking about other people? He's thinking about how bad some other people are. 
They that observe lying vanities and forsake their own mercy. You see, we're going to see how all this played out in the last half of this book when we get there. But we get a clue right here of the reason that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. And that's what he's referring to in verse 8 when he says they. He's referring to the non-Jews here. He's referring to the sailors on the ship. He's referring to the people of Nineveh. Jonah had concluded that because they had worshipped idols, because that they had forsaken their right to experience what God could do with their life because they had worshipped idols. So Jonah's saying to God that he's better than they are. I'm more deserving of God's love than they are. And look at where he's at now. <laughs> he's in a bad place now. God has to teach him a lesson about his love, even those who are far off from him, who have rejected him in the past. You know, we can never look at ourselves and think we're so holy that somebody else don't deserve what God's doing for us. Just like God answers your prayer, He wants to answer their prayer. Now, maybe they don't know God right now, but they deserve God's love just like you and me. So whoever they are that comes into this place or wherever you work or wherever you shop or wherever you go, that you have an opportunity to share God's love to them and let them know this, God died for them just like He did us. Because the majority of people out in the world, if they know that you're a Christian, they know you attend church, they got this thought in their mind. They think, well, you think you're better than I am. We're, we're just sinners saved by the grace of God. We're no better. We're just thankful we, we got a home in heaven. God's coming to take us home one day. And we want them to go to heaven. We shouldn't want anyone to go to hell. So, this is the important lesson of God's love. Now look at Luke 5.32. Luke 5.32. I came not to call the righteous, but why did Jesus come in the first place? Sinners to repentance. The very reason that He died on the cross was to save people. To shed His blood for us. So that, that righteous, not to call the righteous, Sinners to repent. I thank the Lord I'm saved today, just like you do. But I know a lot of people who aren't saved. And I'm, I, I have to remember that that is the reason why Jesus died, so that they could be saved as well. We all have a natural tendency to have that kind of arrogance sometime like Jonah had here. We can always, listen, it doesn't take much for us to look around and see someone else that's worse off than we are. That's a worse sinner than we are. <coughs> and we use that to justify or excuse our own sin. Listen, we may be saved, but we're not perfect. That's for sure. We, we're going to mess up every day sometimes. So thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. But until we humble ourselves and acknowledge our own sin, we are incapable of taking the last step here. 
And look at verse number, uh, look at point number seven. Accept God's salvation. Accept his salvation. So verse nine says in Jonah two, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I vowed, I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. Again, we got to give Jonah credit here. He recognized that once the sailors threw him over in the raging sea, that there was nothing he could do to save himself. He was 100 dependency upon God to save him. And so now he is at this place where he proclaims that salvation belongs to the Lord. You know, as much as we want to help other people, we can't save them. None of us can save them. They have to ask the Lord into their life. They have to ask forgiveness for their sins. They have to make it that relationship personal between them and God. And it's very, the truth is, is crucial for every one of us in a couple of ways today. First, it is true when it comes to our relationship to God, the Bible teaches us that we are all like Jonah many times. I wonder how many times, if you think back before you got saved, how many times did you reject that gospel before you said yes? How many times did you say, tomorrow, another day? You know, we can, we can all think of times that we waited and waited until it was the time that the Holy Spirit drew us, convicted us, and we came. Maybe it convicted us before many times, but we didn't answer that call. So we find out here that, yes, we have rejected God, and it really doesn't matter whether we've done that just once in our life or consistently, because whenever sin comes into the picture, it separates us from God. And makes us spiritually dead till we get that sin put under the blood. Paul writes in Romans, you remember he said, the wages of sin is what? Death. I'm glad it didn't stop there with that verse. And as we've talked about before, a dead person is incapable of bringing himself or herself back to life. That's the bad news. The good news is that through Christ dying for us, his sinless life on a cross, his resurrection. Jesus made it possible for God to bring us back to life spiritually. So right after Paul says the wages of sin is death, he said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And like any gift, that gift does not become ours until we actually accept it. We have to accept that. And we know by now the way we accept that is putting our faith in Christ. So whenever we find ourselves in a difficult place, either because God's trying to get our attention or just because we live in a world that's full of sin, we always have a choice. We can try to handle the situation on our own or we can cry out to God and let Him through that situation, work in our life. You remember what Psalm 23, 4 says? 
It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff that come from me. We're going to all walk through that valley many times. But like I said earlier, God's always with us. He's always there for us. So if you're going through some difficulty or some trial in your life right now, we need to realize, let's turn it over to God. Let's let God work in that. Because like I've said from the beginning of the lessons here of Jonah, the theme that I want you to see is when I deserve him the least and need him the most, God's always going to be there for us. He's going to be there. And, and I know there are many reasons why people don't cry to God. They, they've done things that they know the Lord didn't please with and they feel like I don't want to talk to God about it. Well, listen, he's the only one that can fix those things. And he's there for us. So that's the very reason, I'm, I'm, I believe the very reason why a lot of people don't accept Christ when you witness to them. They feel like they're too bad of a person. They've done too many things wrong. But I'm glad God died for all of the sins that we could commit. And the truth is here, none of us are worthy of God's salvation, but he gave his life for us. Second Peter 3.9, let's see if we can get that verse in there. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards usward. Look at this. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We can't step back and say, well, you know what? That person doesn't deserve God's love. That person doesn't deserve to be saved. I hope you don't ever get there. I mean, yeah, we know some people who've done some evil things but they still deserve God's love because God died for them. He's not willing that any should perish. It isn't his will that any perish. But my goodness, hell is full of people today because they rejected Christ. So we need to, if you, if you know someone going through tough times in their life, lift that person up before God. Pray for them. They... You know, it may not happen the way we think it should happen. That cancer may not be healed. They might not have a financial miracle happen. They might, their relationship may not get fixed the way we think it should be fixed. But if we lift them up to God, He will answer in His time the way, if they trust in God, it needs to be. So I want to encourage you to pray for that. So pray as we go through these difficulties as Jonah did. The last verse in, in that chapter, Jonah chapter 2 and verse 10, the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Well, we finally got him out of there. But we didn't get him out of there until he his prayer. We didn't get him out of there until he hit the very bottom, until he trusted God again, until he called upon God. Now, when he gets out on dry land, is he going to do what he's supposed to do? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You know, God God could deliver us from some things and work miracles in our life, but it doesn't mean that we always look to him from then on. It doesn't mean we always do what we're supposed to do after that. But aren't you glad he doesn't quit loving us, quit hearing us? 
You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.